Good morning. Welcome to First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spiritual community dedicated to the free search for truth, beauty, and meaning. I'm Chris Jimerson. I'm the Minister for Program Development here at the church, and I have with me David Overton, who's our terrific lay leader this morning. And we welcome each and every one of you to this service, where we'll be talking a little bit about our connection to our larger Unitarian Universalist faith, as well as our recent annual Unitarian Universalist General Assembly that some of us attended. You'll hear more about that shortly. We come from a long tradition of seeing a spark of the divine within every person, and it's in that tradition that I invite you to turn to those around you and greet the holy among us this morning. It is also our tradition in Unitarian Universalist churches to begin our services by lighting a chalice, which is the symbol of our faith. Please say with me our words for lighting our chalice. Love is the spirit of this church, and service is its law. This is our great covenant, to dwell together in peace, to seek the truth in love, and to help one another. Good morning. But our opening reading comes from our Unitarian Universalist Association president, Susan Frederick Gray, and she wrote these words right before General Assembly, which occurred in Kansas City last month. We love to celebrate when we were on the right side of history, when we let our faith and commitment to human dignity and commitment to universalism lead us into the practice of judgment. But that is not the whole story, and it's important to be honest about our complicated history, not to bring shame or guilt, but to bring understanding that can inform our faith today. We're in a time of deep challenge and opportunity for our faith. The reality for many is dire, and increasing threats are real. Policies of the state seek to silence, imprison, deport, and even murder people. Our congregations are faced with important questions of how we answer to empire, as well as how to wrestle with how close we have become to beloved community or how far we still have to go. It is important that we not let the opportunity or the urgency of this moment slip away. Like the theme of this year's General Assembly says, all are called to this work, and I believe that we have been readying for it. My hope is that this General Assembly may be one more collective pace forward to becoming the religious people that we want to be the religious people that we are called to be. Unitarian Universalism is a pluralistic faith. We draw from all the world's wisdom and faith resources. We don't have a common creed, a set of beliefs that we all have to sign on to. So sometimes people ask us, well then, if you don't believe the same things, what holds you together? Well, I think we have a lot that hold us together. As Unitarian Universalists, we have seven principles that we affirm and promote for living ethically. In this church, we have a set of values, and out of those values arose our mission. It's our common purpose, and we say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. 
our, our reading is a unison reading, and it uses the little slip of paper that was in the order of service. This is a description of beloved community provided by the Reverend Shirley Strong, and it outlines what beloved community is and what it does. Please join me. Beloved community is an inclusive, interdependent space based on love, justice, compassion, responsibility, shared power, and a deep and abiding respect for all people, places, and things that radically transforms individuals and restructures institutions. Now is the time in our service where we breathe together. And breathing together, feeling the loving presence of those around us, we follow our breath to a deeper place inside, that spark of the divine, that understanding beyond words that we are connected with one another in the web of existence in ways that support us and uphold us and give us wisdom. Breathing together, we enter into a time of sacred silence together, knowing that human sounds and the sounds of small children are a part of the sacred silence here at this church. Breathing in, breathing out, we enter into that time of sacred silence together. Every day We go to war again, we assume we know so much more than them before we hear what they have to say. Headline breaks and we start to hate again, calling them names again. We give our peace away. I hope they see it, cause I want to see it. I hope we believe it. I want to see, I want to see.
day by day Hope fades away and then we know That there is pain within We cannot medicate Learn to feel Learn to begin again Open our eyes again To see our brother's pain As I listened to you all read that description of the beloved community with David a few minutes ago, <clears throat> I thought, wow, that's a lot. It is a lot, isn't it? It's a huge undertaking. And <clears throat> if you look at the definition of the beloved community by the Martin Luther King Center printed on the back of your order of service, it says that building the beloved community means we'll need to eliminate poverty, hunger, and homelessness eradicate racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice, and abolish war and military conflict. Yes. <laughs> and no problem, right? <laughs> yeah. And if we're going to get all that finished by tomorrow, I'm going to have to cut this short so y'all can get out there and get to it. See ya. <laughs> Kidding. It is a lot. Dr. King's vision of the beloved community is a big, bold dream, an ultimate outcome that we strive to create. 
And if you'll notice, we have made it the ultimate outcome toward which we strive here at this church. Our mission now says we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. Well, I don't know about you all, but with the events we see in our news every day these days, for me that dream can sometimes see, seem awfully far away. That vision of beloved community for which we learn can seem pretty big and pretty overwhelming. So I think it is vital that we remember that we don't build the beloved community alone. We build the beloved community as a part of something much, much larger than ourselves. Here in this congregation, we say that we strive to build it together. And we build it alongside our other local Unitarian Universalist churches, along with a host of local interfaith and secular partners and coalitions like the Austin Sanctuary Coalition. We build the beloved community as a part of our larger Unitarian Universalist, or UU, faith. And our larger UU faith also has interfaith and secular partners at the regional, national, and international levels. And we build upon the foundation of a rich faith heritage, which, as David read, hasn't always been perfect, and yet was among the first to call for abolition, the first to ordain women into the ministry, the first to ordain LGBTQ persons into our ministry as examples of that strong foundation upon which we can build the beloved community. So I'm going to ask you to allow me a few minutes of indulging my inner polity geek by reviewing with you a little about how our larger UU faith is organized. This church, we, are a member congregation of the Unitarian Universalist Association, or UUA. The UUA is composed of, uh, largely funded through and broadly governed by our UU congregations, fellowships, and other organizations. We elect the UUA board, and we also elect the UUA president, who then oversees operations and the other staff. The UUA provides a host of programs that support us. It represents us regionally and nationally, and it helps organize our efforts to build the beloved community at the national level. Now, we also have a number of UU organizations with which we partner that are working for justice in specific ways. I'll mention just some of them. Did you know that we have a Unitarian Universalist United Nations office that has been and continues to be a highly effective advocate for human rights worldwide? Likewise, our Unitarian Universalist Service Committee, or UUSC, challenges injustices and advances human rights both at home in the U.S. and abroad. We have a women's federation, the Side with Love campaign, two specific UU seminaries, UU Rise, our immigration sanctuary and immigration rights organization, our disability rights group, Equal Access, that's equal with two U's, of course, the UU College of Social Justice, or UUCSJ, Diverse Revolutionary UU Multicultural Ministries, or DRUM, Black Lives of UU, or BLUE, Allies for Racial Equity, or 
A-R-E, and our Professional Association for Ministers, the UUMA, for Liberal Religious Educators, Lareda, and Musicians, the U-U-M-N. We love ourselves some acronyms, don't we? All of these and others are working in their own arenas to build beloved community. All of these and more are our partners and help make up something much, much larger of which we are part. Whether all of this is already familiar to you or you're hearing about some of it for the first time, I think it's good to remind ourselves that we are not alone in our struggle to build the world about which we dream. Now, as you heard earlier, one of the ways we connect with our larger UU movement is that each year, folks from our church attend the annual UUA General Assembly, or GA for short, where UUs from around the country and even the world gather to worship together each day, conduct UUA business, and learn from each other. And I want to thank David, who is our denominational affairs chair. He really got us prepared for going this year and kept us organized, so thank you, David. The video that was showing as you came in may have given you at least a little sense of the connection to UUism and our traditions that attending GA can create. I want to share with you just a few of the things we did at GA related to building the beloved community. First, we made some internal changes. Now, based upon their membership size, churches are allowed to appoint a certain number of their members attending GA to be delegates. Delegates are the people that are allowed to then vote on issues that come up during the assembly. For years now, ministers have been automatically given delegate status. However, directors of religious education like Jules, who you met earlier, have not been. And because most churches don't allow staff to also be church members, this effectively meant our religious educators didn't have a full voice in their own faith association. Well, I am thrilled to report that we voted to change the UUA bylaws so that active directors of religious education are granted delegate status and allowed that full voice now. Likewise, we had two non-voting youth observers to the UUA Board of Trustees. We changed the bylaws again to make these full voting trustee positions to give our youth a greater voice. On the more externally focused end, we had a lively discussion about choosing a new Congressional Study Action Issue, or CSAI, because we need yet another acronym. CSAIs are issues that our congregations will jointly study and engage in social action around. One of the two proposed CSAIs was more explicitly focused around undoing white supremacy. And it was important to many of our people of color that this more explicit one be the one adopted. They asked Allies for Racial Equity to speak on behalf of it, and I ended up being the ARE representative to do so. Through the magic of people with cell phones, we have stitched together a video of it. I'm Chris Jimerson, Minister for Program Development at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin and a member of the Allies for Racial Equity Steering Committee. And it's on behalf of the Allies for Racial Equity that I speak today to express our strong support for CSAI number one, Undoing White Supremacy. 
Given the events we have experienced within our Unitarian Universalist movement related to our culture of white supremacy over the past weeks, months, and years, given the new beginning we have recently made with our white supremacy teachings, we believe we are called here and now to not only continue but to expand our focus on undoing white supremacy. Given that daily we witness images and stories of black and brown bodies being decimated, in fact, and indeed far too often destroyed, people of color's families being ripped apart, we believe we are called here and now to dismantle our culture of white supremacy. I believe that doing this work together, dismantling our culture of white supremacy within ourselves, among us, and beyond us, out in our world, will put us on a path away from rampant individualism within which so many different forms of oppression can not only survive, but thrive, and toward, toward collective liberation for us all. So on behalf of Allies for Racial Equity, I urge my fellow delegates to vote for CSAI number one, Undoing White Supremacy. Thanks. Occasionally I have an opinion or two about something. We had continued really great discussion, and the delegates voted overwhelmingly to select the undoing white supremacy, CSAI. One of our church members, Rob Hirschfield, recorded a great reflection on how participating in discussions like that at GA can challenge and deepen our own faith. Hey. So uh, a moment of reflection about uh, GA today. It's Friday. It's the first real day we were voting on issues. Um, and a long day, uh, but a great day. So it's really fascinating how in a 30-minute debate we can really strip uh, what you 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 is about to its very essence, uh, right? Discussing about white supremacy or, or intersectionalism, and having to make a decision about what you're going to tackle. It's one of the things that makes GA really powerful because you're confronted with this idea that you have to look at um, yourself, look at what your mission art is, what you are going to accomplish, how you're going to communicate that message, and so. In that one 30-minute debate period where we, we chose white supremacy as the issue uh, to tackle um, or to, to study and investigate, it, it really uh, drove conversations throughout the day afterwards in, in retrospectives that we were having um, immediately in positive ways and where we're, we're owning the problem, we're owning the resolution. Uh, and I think that's really powerful. Uh, it's one of those things that GA just crystallizes it asks, <laughs> makes you ask, what is this about to you? Um, and so I've had amazing conversations with uh, people at GA, with our own congregants, um, and with, my, with myself. Rob was here earlier, so if you see him at some point, please tell him thank you and take him up on the invitation for further conversation. The delegates also voted to take on a number of urgent social justice issues that you can find out more about by searching for actions of a immediate witness on uua.org. Finally, 
there were real efforts to feature the voices of people of color and people from other marginalized groups at GA and to stress the theme of this year's GA, all are called. We are all in this together, which means both we are not alone in our struggles to build the beloved community and we are each accountable to one another and our faith as we do so. Here are just a few of our UUA president, Susan Frederick Gray's powerful words on this. This is one of the ways that we can hold each other as a collective faith in this time. And I know from my own ministry in Phoenix and in the struggle for immigrant rights and in combating the abuses of Sheriff Joe Arpaio, that the power of the UUA and our shared faith when we show up for and with one another in times of crisis is unbelievable, and it makes a difference. That was another heartbreaking thing. Those of you who know me must know how that blow felt when our president pardoned Joe Arpaio. Well, we are getting more and more opportunities to show up for and with one another. Because we all know this isn't just about Charlottesville. As a people of faith that say we are committed to justice, compassion, and equity in human relations, as a faith that says we are committed to the inherent worth and dignity of all people, as a faith that says we are committed to respect for the interdependent web of all life, we have a role to play. Our faith is calling more from us in this time. And two things are absolutely clear to me right now. Number one, this is no time for a casual faith or a casual commitment to your values, your community, your church, your congregation, your soul, and your faith. No time for a casual faith. And number two, this is no time to go it alone or to think that we are in this alone. No time for a casual faith. No time to go it alone. So far, I've talked about how we build the beloved community as a part of something larger than ourselves in ways that are very tangible, as a part of the UUA, in cooperation with other faiths and other groups. I'd like to close by sharing with you an experience that I think demonstrates my belief that we also do this work as a part of something more intangible, spiritual, even larger. A few of you may have heard me tell this story from many years ago now. I was still in seminary and serving as a chaplain intern at the old Brackenridge Hospital. I'm changing a few inconsequential details to protect the identity of the other person involved. One Sunday, I was asked to bring a young woman back to the intensive care unit to see her younger brother. He had just died as a result of an accident at his summer job earlier that same day. She had fought with him before he left for work that morning and needed to say her goodbyes and seek forgiveness before the rest of the family would arrive. As we stood by his bed, 
and she spoke the words that she needed to say to him, she suddenly turned and placed her head on my shoulder, cupped a hand over each of my shoulders, and collapsed her entire weight onto me. I hadn't expected this, and it was as if her body had suddenly become a stone weight, and her overwhelming grief was pouring into me through the tears she was crying on my shoulder. In that moment, I thought that I might collapse too, that I didn't have the strength and we were both going to fall down on the cold tile floor beneath us. But we didn't. And somehow, the experience was as if something was holding me up so that I could keep holding her up. Rebecca Ann Parker, one of our UU theologians, calls this an upholding and sheltering presence that is alive and afoot in the universe. Others might simply call this God. Still others might say that it is some sort of biopsychological reserve built deeply into our DNA that helps us help others survive so that our species can go on. I think maybe it was that on a level that is much deeper than words, I sensed that I was a part of and being upheld by my much larger faith tradition and movement that in turn is a part of something even greater. I was being held up by all the love I have ever felt and has been given to me, and by an even greater love that emanates when we as human beings are at our very best, when we glimpse that we are interconnected with each other and the web of all existence in ways that are far more complex than our day-to-day -day comprehension can carry with us and fully grasp. And that greater love, that love sustains us and gives us strength and moves us toward building that beloved community. It is a love of such power that it makes me believe, it makes me believe that peaceful revolution really is possible, that someday we really might just eliminate poverty, hunger, and homelessness, abolish military conflict, and eradicate racism and all forms of oppression. My beloveds, we are not alone. You are not alone. We are a part of something almost incomprehensibly larger than ourselves that is calling us all toward divine possibilities we have yet to even fully imagine. Let's answer that call. Amen. So now please join me in saying our words for extinguishing the chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. 
Our own Kaya Hartwood and a friend of hers wrote a new UU song on the theme, All, is Call, All Are Called for GA, and I thought for our benediction it might be a blessing to share them singing the verse of that with you, the chorus of that with you. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.